Hello over there in the, the United Kingdom. This is Tony Campolo, and the name of this show is From Across the Pond. Usually, uh, Shane Claiborne is right here in the studio along with me, uh, interviewing guests that we have on the show. That's not the case today. Shane is not here in the studio. Instead, he's in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's calling in. He's the guest, not the interviewer. <laughs> and uh, uh, we're glad to have you on the show as a guest today. That's a new role. Shane Claiborne, say hello <laughs> to everybody. Hey, 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 yeah. I feel like I'm the... Uh the reporter on the field down here or something like that, you know, but uh, it's good to, good to be with you, Tony, and, and uh, important work we're doing down here. What is the important work that you're doing down there? Well, we're, we're doing everything we can to uh, pray and vigil to stop another execution down here. Uh, this is my home state uh, where I grew up, and Tennessee – is one of those states that has had the death penalty but hasn't been carrying out executions. So we went almost 10 years without a single execution, and that has now changed uh, to where the the uh, machinery of death has kind of been back uh, uh, going again, and we've seen several executions back-to-back. And this is the wild thing. Um, last year, even the electric chair was used uh, in, to carry out two executions. Um, so, you know, here we are in the heart of the Bible Belt, and this is one of those few states that continues to execute people. So we've got a group of clergy um, and uh, friends of the men who are facing execution, um, and we've been organizing around these, these uh, executions to try to stop them and really to try to move the governor's heart um, that he might uh, stop executions. And that's exactly what's happened. As you know, Tony, in Pennsylvania, we have the death penalty, but we don't execute anyone in Pennsylvania, haven't in, in you know, many, many years. I don't want to sound like the Republican Party is evil, <laughs> but I got to tell you, the Republican Party has been pushing all of this death penalty stuff. Uh, President Trump, along with the Supreme Court, which he has stacked with Republicans, have reinstituted the death penalty. For, for years, there was a kind of a moratorium on death penalties. Uh, the uh, truth is that uh, it, was, uh, it was permissible, but not, uh, not observed. But uh, it's in high gear now. And uh, uh, the president, with the support of, quote-unquote, evangelicals, um, have been supporting the death penalty. I'm uh, Tony Campolo, and Shane Claiborne is the guy that's speaking to us from Nashville, Tennessee. He and I are supporters of the Red Letter Christians movement, a movement that stands opposed to the death penalty, stands opposed to war, uh, stands for the simple life as prescribed by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount and in the 10th chapter of Mark. Uh, We are people who want to take Jesus seriously. We want you to join the Red Letter Christians movement. You can go to our website, redletterchristians.org, and log on and say, I like what Shane is saying. I like what Tony's saying. I want to be a Red Letter Christian. I want to be identified with this movement that is saying to people who have evangelical beliefs, but do not want to use the term evangelical, because here in the United States, evangelical has become synonymous with supporters of Donald Trump and the policies that he is advocating 
not only in the Republican Party, but across the nation. Uh, Shane, what are you doing specifically down there? You're, uh, you're in this, uh, uh, who's the man that's up for execution? And uh, what's the situation? What have you been doing for the last few days? Yeah, so here's what happened, Tony, is, is uh, we asked the men, you know, we're, we're, we said, as we're praying for the governor with the men, you know, there uh, at Unit 2 on death row in Tennessee, we said, what do you think we could do that uh, other than pray that might really move the governor's heart on this? Um, and the guys have said over and over, they said, we want to invite the governor to come pray with us and to hear what Jesus has done in our lives. Um, and we really think that might, you know, cause him to rethink executing us. And so um, this is this is really, really wild. We, we ended up passing around a letter um, that's really one line. It says, uh, Dear Governor Lee, we know that you are a man of faith, and so we'd like to ask you to come pray with us. And we're asking that he come pray with them before the next execution, which in the, right now is scheduled for Thursday. And listen to this. Over half of the men on Tennessee's death row, 32 of the 55 men have signed this letter. Um, and, and what that also means is that for so many of these men, Jesus has become the center of their life. Um, one of them, who's a really dear friend of mine, um, he said, I hate who I was 20 years ago, but I love who I've become through the grace of God. And what's really clear is that the death penalty, you know, surfaces some of the most fundamental questions about our faith. Um, you know, is anybody beyond redemption? Um, and there's one man um, I, that's uh, on death row here in Tennessee that is now an ordained minister. And I got to be there for his ordination. And as he told his testimony and he's ordained uh, in his church, he then his first act of ordination was to service all communion on death row. So we really feel like if you know, part of what's difficult is the separation uh, of, of uh, the, you know, proximity means everything. And sometimes it's not a compassion problem as much as a proximity problem. So we're inviting the governor and others who have to, uh, who have to make decisions around executions to actually come meet these guys and hear what the Spirit's done among them. So we, what we did, Tony, was we carried that letter um, the eight miles from death row to the governor's office. You walked, walked that distance. That eight, eight miles. Yeah. You, you walked that distance. Together with, yeah, with clergy and with other friends and uh, folks that visit these guys every week. And we delivered it yesterday. We were, we were guaranteed that the governor would see it today. Um, and we're praying for him. And, um, and, and, you know, we'll continue to do this. We called it the March for Mercy. So if there, you know, heaven forbid there is another execution, we will um, march again, you know, that eight miles with that invitation again. And, you know, this is, this is uh, uh, after uh, the, the last execution was someone that I knew really well, Tony. And, and um, as you know, it was a man named Don Johnson. Who, oh, yes. Um, uh, he ended up, uh, I, I really do believe that he was guilty of, of a terrible crime many years ago. And the Spirit's really done a lot of work in his life. Uh, he built a bridge with his daughter. Uh, he's acute, he was convicted of killing his, uh, his wife and really tried to heal some of those wounds. Um, I was with him three days before his execution, and I said, how are you doing? And he said, uh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. 
Whoa. And he prayed for he prayed for the governor. He prayed for all of us to continue to have strength. Uh, a couple of days later, he was given his final meal, which they allot like twenty dollars for your final dinner before your execution. And he fasted and donated that money to the homeless. Uh, then, as his execution rolled around, he asked the warden if he could sing because he wanted his last words to be worshipped. And so his last words were. Uh, singing the song soon and very soon i'm going to see the king oh my. there's no oh, more no oh, more dying there stop you're, get, the you're going to get me no crying here you're going to get me crying yeah, this is yeah a- i mean it was it's unbelievable so i mean but that's really what we're trying to do tony is humanize this and then all of these issues the death penalty gun violence immigration um knife think violence it's not just the statistics right but but really people and how do we humanize them and, uh, and, and then, you know, allow Jesus to really move our hearts on the side of mercy? You know, the point is that uh, there will be those in the evangelical community who will uh, basically hold up Scripture and say, uh, doesn't God ordain the death penalty? Haven't you read the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament? Doesn't God ordain uh, uh, capital punishment? Uh, and you, you look at the scripture and you say, yeah, I guess you, you could look at those scriptures. And, but there's a big transition between the Old Testament and the New Testament, is there not? That in the New Testament, the purpose of punishment is not uh, retribution, but redemption and restoration. And uh, we believe that uh, punishment is necessary, that uh, people should be put in jail and people should uh, have to answer for their crimes. But the purpose should be to restore them, to renew them, to bring them to repentance. As a matter of fact, these people are in what is called a penitentiary. We use that term for prisons now, a penitentiary. The reason is that the old Quakers, uh, a movement uh, of Quakerism that started in England, uh, was to uh, put people in places where they could have a chance to reflect on their crimes because if people just sat alone for a while and reflected on their crimes, they would become penitent. That's where the term came from. These were places yeah. where people should become penitent. And evidently, you were saying there are 32 people on death row down there that did exactly what penitentiaries were created to do, uh, became penitent, became repentant, and accepted Jesus as personal Savior and were transformed. And now, uh, as a result, instead of being set free or given a new lease on life, they're being put to death. Reflect on that a little more from the Bible. Yeah, and first, you know, some some of these, this is with all the innocence questions aside. I mean, you know, there, there have been, for every nine executions, there's been one exoneration, so someone that was proved innocent. So that's a terrible track record in itself. And one of those cases is here in Tennessee, where uh, a friend of mine in Dume, was convicted of a crime in Tennessee, and he had never been to the state of Tennessee. The first time he came here was actually to show up to court to to defend himself against this crime that he was eventually convicted of and later was proved innocent. But it's just, I mean, so there's there's a lot of questions about, you know, how how effective our system can be, and you can't bring someone back from the dead when you get that wrong. But I think what you're saying, Tony, is exactly right, is that that sometimes what trumps all the logic on this of of you know um, 
is the Bible, and there's folks that, that use the Bible to justify the death penalty. It's one of the reasons that the death penalty really has only survived in the Bible Belt. Um, you know, the more uh, kind of secular states where, where Christianity is, is less pom- prominent, more post-Christian states in New England and the Midwest and or Northwest, they've already gotten rid of the death penalty. But, you know, that, the verse that gets used often is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth which comes from this ancient uh, idea of justice that is called lex talionis, and it's where we get the word retaliation from. So what it did was allow for reciprocal harm. You could harm someone as much as they had harmed you, but we've used it kind of as a license for revenge. And the ancients really said, no, it was to stop the spiral of violence. So it was to limit the harm that you could do to someone else. So you could only do as much harm as they had done to you. And, and then, you know, you kind of go, okay, that, that's maybe a good start, but that's why it's so powerful when Jesus comes and says, I didn't come to contradict the law, but to fulfill the law. And you've heard it said, an eye for an eye. Moses told you this, but I tell you this. And he kind of raises the question of, even though you may have a legal right to retaliate, maybe we can even do better than mirroring the harm that was done. Love our enemies. Don't harm them back. Don't repay uh, evil with evil. And Jesus shows us a way of justice, I think, that uh, that refuses to mirror and emulate the harm done to us. So, you know, in, in most cases, we would still say, yeah, we can do better than uh, tick for tack or eye for an eye. Like, if you poked my eye out, Tony, I wouldn't actually, you know, jab your eye out. Um, we don't rape people who rape. But somehow in the most extreme case of murder, we still hold out that logic that we will kill to show that killing is wrong. And what we end up doing is actually just mirroring the very uh, injustice, uh, the very violence that we're trying to heal the world of. So one of the signs that we carried, Tony, you would appreciate, it's a big giant banner that says, we honor the victims of violence without killing And we really do believe that to be anti-death penalty doesn't mean we're anti-justice and certainly doesn't mean we're anti-victim. It just means that we believe that we can do better uh, than than killing to show that killing is wrong. I'm interviewing uh, Shane Claiborne. He's usually here in the studio with me uh, interviewing people around the world. But he's not with me today. Instead, he's down there in Nashville, Tennessee, and he... uh, as uh, there because he, along with clergy and a number of Christian lay people, are protesting uh, the death penalty. There's a man that he knows down there who's about to be executed, and uh, they're down there to uh, demonstrate their opposition to the death penalty and to appeal to the governor, who claims to be an evangelical Christian, and say, hey, if you are really a follower of Jesus, it's no longer an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It's overcoming uh, evil with good. Uh, What can we do to bless those who have perpetuated evil in our society? Let's follow Jesus in all of this. So that's what Shane's doing. He's not here in the studio with me. He's uh, hundreds of miles away in Nashville, Tennessee. The name of the show is From Across the Pond. So named because uh, we put it together uh, here in the United States, specifically, and the uh, uh, studios of of Cabrini University, which is across the street from uh, Eastern University, the school from whence 
Shane and I both have been graduated, but add this. Among the most famous people who have graduated from our school, the most famous right now is Brian Stevenson, who uh, went from Eastern to Harvard Law School, could have been making a pile of money on Wall Street, but instead has started the Equal Justice Initiative in Alabama. Let me just say this. To date, he has gotten 128 people off of death row. He has declared scores of people innocent and has, in fact, made the case so obvious that the, uh, the courts have had to release them uh, and saying these people should have never been guilty in the first place. When you realize how many errors the government makes when it uh, dooms people to death, you realize that this is stupid. This is unjust. I mean, if one out of nine people end up being proven innocent, many of them after they've been executed, uh, what's going on here? So, uh, hey, let's uh, listen to Shane and what he's doing. What are you hearing from the other brothers and sisters that are down there? Well, it's it's uh, it's a you know pretty heavy heart for uh, the folks here because they they. Uh, uh, are a close knit community. It's and and they're they're folks that you know gather every week for worship. So they are very uh, heavy in one sense, but hopeful in the other because they really believe that if the governor, uh, I mean, who really ran for office on, I talk to Jesus every morning. He said, you know, I'm I'm a man of faith, and so we're really hoping that um, the the at the, the very least he'll visit these men on death row and and hear what, what the Spirit's done. It's interesting, Tony, because there's a, there's a precedent for this. Um, in the 1950s, there was another governor right here in Tennessee that carried out executions. Uh, Revener, uh, it was Governor um, Frank Clement, and he ended up going to death row in a similar way, uh, you know, to, to meet these men and their families. And he, he was so haunted by what he did that he later commuted all the death sentences and refused to allow uh, uh, the executions to continue. Um, so part of what, what happens is we have layers of separation from people and we don't, you know, no one wants to be a killer. Um, and so we have this whole system that everybody plays a little role in. The governor signs the, you know, death certificate, um, a board of paroles approves everything. And, you know, like there's a, a death team that often has multiple people. So no, nobody carries the full weight. But at the end of the day, what is on the death certificate as the cause of death? I don't know if you know this, Tony, but the manner of de- the cause of death on the death certificate is homicide uh, for an execution. Wow. We, we, uh, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a legal homicide. And, um, I, I remember one of the early Christians who I really love. Uh, he, the, the, one of the things about the early Christians is how consistent their life ethic was. They spoke against violence in every different form, uh, from abortion to the death penalty to military service to their time, the gladiatorial games, like anything that had to do with death. Christians should be on the side of life. And um, Cyprian, one of the things that he said is, isn't it a strange thing that when an individual kills another individual, we call it evil, but then we sanctify it when the state does it in mass, oh. that we sanctify So we end up calling something evil good when the state does it, but we would never allow an individual to do it. So what we're saying is 
it is wrong to kill, no matter whether it's done by a criminal or by a governor. And uh, so it's it's good to be down here. You know, I think mm. part of what we need to do is is uh, amplify those voices that are uh, uh, that folks need to hear, and that's exactly what we're doing. We carried as we marched the eight miles from death row to the governor's office. We carried the names of the thirty-five men. Um, or the 32 men that had signed this uh, petition to the governor to come meet them and hear what God's done in their lives. So um, it's good to share about it, and hopefully uh, I'll be back there soon and do our let, radio let me, show uh, together there in the studio. Let me wrap up this show by telling a story that uh, Chuck Colson, uh, the head of prison fellowship prior to his death, uh, told over and over again. He talked about taking a group of Christians into a prison and— uh, uh, to conduct a a Christian worship service. You know how uh, we bring groups of Christians in and they sing some hymns and read some scripture and give a prayer, usually a, a sermon uh, calling people to give their lives to Christ. Well, they were doing this. This church group was doing this. And uh, as they were being checked out, uh, Chuck said, one of the men who had come with us uh, wasn't in the group that was being checked out. Where was he? They went back and checked, and here he was, locked in a cell with one of the prisoners. And Chuck Colson said, I screamed at the man and said, do you realize what you're doing here? You're ruining our reputation as a legitimate organization to visit the prisoners here. And the man said, Reverend Colson, you're going to have to forgive me. Uh, my name is Judge Brewer. Uh, this man here is a man that I... Uh, uh, presided over when he was condemned to death, and I'm the one who meted out the sentence, the death sentence to him. But since then, he's become a Christian, and I've become a Christian, and we're Christian brothers, and we yeah. need a little time to talk and forgive each other. And that was a story that Chuck Colson told over and over again, uh, mainly uh, we need to say what uh, Jesus said. Forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. Yeah. Uh, you've done this in many places, and I think you've made some kind of a pledge, haven't you, to go wherever there's a death penalty ready to be carried out? Well, <laughs> we're doing our best to support all the the kind of voices for mercy on the ground. I don't know if I'll make them all, but I mean, the the good news is, this is the good news, Tony, is that young Christians, millennial Christians, and others are overwhelmingly against the death penalty. Um, and, and so this is one of those uh, old um, practices that's hopefully on its way out. And every year, uh, the death, the executions and new death sentences uh, drop lower and lower Um you know, so we, we're, I'm, I'm hopeful on this that we could find alternatives to the death penalty. But every execution's too many, so this is uh, right where I need to be right now. And appreciate your support. Uh, evangelical leaders here in the United States, several of these evangelical leaders support President Trump and his support of the death penalty. They claim to be followers of Jesus, and yet they're going contrary to the teachings of Jesus, as those teachings are in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, that's yeah. why we started this Red Letter Christians movement. And we want you to go to our website, redletterchristians.org, and sign on as a Red Letter Christian. And when you get back home, 
I want you to write an article about this experience that you're having in Nashville, Tennessee, and post it on our website. And I invite our listeners to tune in uh, not only each week to uh, Across the Pond, but to go to our website, redletterchristians.org, redletterchristians.org. There's a place where you can sign on and say, I want to identify with Shane and his work among those people who are trying to abolish the death penalty and trying to live out the radical teachings of Jesus. And we are red-letter Christians because evangelicals have identified with Donald Trump and his support of uh, capital punishment, and that scares us. It's contrary to the way we understand Jesus. A closing word from you. we got about 30 seconds left. Yeah, that, that, that's on, right on our sign are the words of Jesus on the front banner. It says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So the, the words of Jesus are the best corrective to what's gone wrong in our criminal justice system. So uh, we'll continue to lift up Jesus and allow that to be the challenge to our, our system of death. A good verse to end on. We're opposed to capital punishment because Jesus was for mercy. Blessed are the merciful. If you expect mercy from God, you'd better extend mercy to people here on earth. God bless you in your work, Shane, and may you be successful in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening, friends. This is Tony Campolo signing off for Across the Pond.